Hello everyone, I am Nara Birch, the Autistic Pinup, and you are listening to I'm Not Drunk, I'm Autistic, the podcast. Insert celebratory noise here. Um, <laughs> so today it's a little bit of a two-part episode because the first part is me talking about sleep, and then at the end is a really cool interview with my friend Grace, who is talking about her special interest, neuropsychology. So stay tuned for that. I'm stoked to, that she gets to be like, she was the first person I got to interview. Um, so sleep, sleep. Okay, so autistic people are all different. We, we are, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. However, we do have characteristics that tend to be present in most, if not the majority of us, although I think most the majority is about the same word, whatever, moving on. <laughs> we only, people with autism only get like three to four hours of sleep a night. Like we don't sleep. We're constantly exhausted. And the reason behind this is when the neurotypical brain goes to sleep, um, it like has a chance to prune its synapses and just like take a break from thinking. The autistic brain does not do that. It It is constantly creating new, new neural highway patterns. Say that 10 times fast. Um, <laughs> and just it's constantly go, 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 go. So we don't sleep because of that. It's hard to to just turn off our brains enough to fall asleep. I personally, I usually get about seven to eight hours of sleep a night. However, I wake up every single hour. So it's not exactly the most restful slumber in the world. Um, But that's something I really want people to think about when you're interacting with someone with autism. Not only are we dealing with sensory process, like in that exact second, okay, like think literally just in that five minutes that we're talking to you. We're dealing with all of the sensory processing all around us. We're dealing with having to socialize with someone, which does not always come naturally to us. Possibly there might be eye contact involved. Like, there's a lot going on. Now, add on top of that the fact that this person has probably only slept three hours a night their entire life. Like, it's a lot. It's it's fucking hard to be autistic. It is not for the weak. It really isn't. Anybody with autism is just a fucking badass because there's just so much coming like to us all at once. And we are sleep deprived. We probably aren't eating correctly because a lot of us have like food sensory issues. And we're just, dude, we're exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm so tired all of the time. It's ridiculous. Like, I take medication to help me sleep, and even that's not enough to, like, knock me out. And I've been on doses that, like, grown men twice my size are supposed to take. And even then, my brain was like, joke's on you. I'm not tired. Um, (laughs) And unfortunately, I, I don't really have any tips for, like, how to get a better night's sleep. If you have tips, let me know. Um... Weed helps. Weed helps a lot uh, for me. 
don't, again, disclaimer, don't smoke weed if, I'm not telling you to smoke weed. This is just what works for me. Um, but, like, yeah, no, no, weed is, like, the only thing that, other than the fucking psychotropics my parents put me on when I was in second grade and now that I'm addicted to and, like, can't sleep without them, weed is, like, the closest thing I found to help that and it's way more natural than psychotropics. Um... Yeah, my my coworker Nathan and I actually have a theory. So we think that our it's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. What if the government is like intentionally sleep depriving autistics? Because if we could work at full capacity, we could probably cure cancer. We could cure, cure world hunger. We could literally like fix everything within minutes because our brains just work that way. Like we think in so much innovative way, so many innovative ways. Sorry. I have had a lot of trouble talking lately. I don't know if it's like, I feel like it might be a sensory processing thing. A little tangent here. Here we go. Um, because like I'm having trouble getting the words to come out at the same speed. My brain is thinking, which I've always had that problem, but like, Lately, I feel like I've been stumbling over my words more. It's it's interesting. That's another interesting thing about autism for me is, like, how it fluctuates. Like, sometimes I'll have one sensory issue, and then next year it's gone, and there's another one in its place. Or, like, my sensory processing varies from day to day. Uh, but yeah, so sorry if the words tumbling out of my mouth don't make sense, because, like, that's legitimately what it feels like. It just feels like they're tumbling, like, all, all over one another, and it's a little disconcerting for me. Not gonna lie, it makes it very hard to process what I'm saying at the same time. But yeah, the government, man, the government is keeping, we, what if they're keeping us sleep deprived? Because, you know, we could just fix all the problems with the world if we had enough energy. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's just a little, little conspiracy theory we've come up with. Um, yeah, so to talk more about neuropsychology, here is Grace. Grace is a lovely self-advocate. Um, what, tell, tell us about yourself a little bit. Well, uh, hello, my name is Grace, and I am, I am 24 years old, and I really enjoy uh, um, I really enjoy advocating for people on the spectrum, and not only autism, but also also different disabilities as well. I currently have a series of my own running called, on YouTube called The Awe in Autism, and actually I featured Amnira on this as well, so you had to check her out on mine. And so I will, autism has been challenging in many ways, such as the different um, social um, needs that I've come across and the social um, factors that I've um, in, encountered, but also it's given me, opened many doors for me to to have empathy for people and giving people the opportunity to, to help them through different situations such as, um, you know, being left out or not understanding what the diagnosis means. And so I really like to not you know, speak for them, but empower other people, other people like me to use the voice that they have. 
Awesome. Yeah, and I always love presenting with Grace. We've gotten to present about sensory issues. I think that's probably our our biggest one um, that we've done together. So yeah, it's always it's always fun getting to have her story shared as well. Um, so Grace, your special interest, one of them is neuropsychology. So tell us about that. Thank you so much, Neela. One of the things that um, I enjoy about neuroscience is that I've always I've always been interested in psychology, and it was my first. I'm I'm currently a student at Cleveland State, and I will be majoring in psychology and have a minor in neuroscience. And I eventually want to get my PhD in neuropsychology at at Case Western Reserve, and I would love to. Um, study movement disorders such as Parkinson's disease, Huntington's disease, ALS, MS, and all those different disorders that involve um, um, extra acetylcholine or different um, um, excitatory responses in the brain that cause involuntary movements and things like that. I think we can do a lot for those who have um, a different quality of life. And so it just amazes me how, you know, um, how our brain is 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 wired that we can we can at one point you know we have so much in our brain whether it we consciously are thinking about it or it's like being consolidated or it's unconscious or subconscious you know um, I think uh, the brain is a wonderful it's one of the people have referred to it as us the last frontier meaning that. It, it's it's such it's a network that people have used have been trying to model for so long. It's just an enigma within an enigma within an enigma. And so one of the things that that interests me about the brain is how um, how the different neuroanatomy. A neuroanatomy is very interesting to me because um, I I often like to quiz myself on brain structures and things like that. And so one of the things that um, that is most interesting to me is the cerebellum. The cerebellum is is at the back of the brain. The um, and it is known for movement to known for movement coordination and things like that. Not necessarily in initiating the movement, but making sure our movements are balanced and not jerky. So, for instance, people who have cerebral palsy or people who have different um, tremors sometimes the cerebellum is the nerves, the neurons in the cerebellum might not be, um, might not be um, perfectly in, in um, perfect, they might not be perfectly functioning. And so uh, one of the terms that we use for that, one of the treatments we use for that is called deep brain stimulation. And deep brain stimulation is simply where we plant, where neurosurgeons plant electrodes into different parts of the brain, sometimes the cerebellum and sometimes in the cerebral cortex where the where the um, the lack of firing of neurons is happening. And then we stimulate those those electrodes with electrical impulses. The brain runs on electrical impulses and when the electrical impulses are are delivered, that helps the brain to snap into it, kinda like your heart, you know, like um, the paddles, it's kinda like that for the brain. And so um, I think deep, deep stimulate, deep brain stimulation is a wonderful advancement that, that they made. And I think we can, um, one of the things that I hope to, um, you know, this is pretty far out, but 
I, I hope to one day figure out a way to use anxiety or excess, you know, um, excess anxiety or excess emotions uh, in the amygdala. And the amygdala in the brain is um, for, that has to do with emotions, supercharged emotions such as a fear or um, happiness or sadness, um, extreme feelings like that. And one of the things that is very interesting about the amygdala is that, um, is that that's one of the, that's part of the limbic cortex, the limbic system, which means it's one of the first in, in, in primary, in, in, in when things were created, that was the limbic cortex, lim, the limbic system was part of the, the first part of the brain to develop. And so, you know, the olfactory bulb, which is what we use for smell, and the hippocampus, which is used for memory, and the amygdala, which is used for emotions, those three um, parts of our brain were developed first. And so um, you can, um, and so one thing that I wanted to see um, in the future, if we could, we could pair neuropsychology um, disciplines, um, neurosurgery disciplines, neurology disciplines, um, renewable resources, and we could somehow, for people who have high anxiety that have um, that are taking that are located in the amygdala, we could actually we could actually um, take that energy, take the excess of the impulses from the amygdala and turn it into electricity. That would be so cool. Because I know, I know <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a lot of anxiety and I could get rich by selling my anxiety and converting it into electricity because it yeah, doesn't I, mean, I could power an entire city. Yeah, we could be rich. And so, and so one thing, I mean, it's perfectly plausible because I think, um, we can we can implant electrical impulses. Why can't we take it out of the brain and so and remove electrical impulses? And so I think I think and and channel it into electricity. Now that would take um, engineers and electrical engineers, but I think the the neuropsychology part of it would be actually pretty cool. And people wouldn't have to um, suffer with anxiety as much, um, not saying it would be gone completely, but it would be a, a, a remedy that we could use so that people with autism could start their own business and, and have a renewable source of energy. Because as long as we have autism and anxiety, we'll, we'll always be able to um, create some kind of powerhouse or something. What do you think about that, Molly? I think that's, that's, I mean, yeah, that's cool. I think that that is, awesome like because we're like we're monsters inc almost like our brains are, are not the screams we'll have them be the laughs at the end when everyone's happy and laughing oh um, yeah 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 like turning the yeah yeah like monsters inc that's a good point <laughs> so i i really enjoyed talking about neuropsychology and and it's 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 so it's a it's a growing field right now and i think i think people um, could have a better quality of life through so many different treatments and things like that. And so I think that's all I have for today, but um, it's your show, Molly. So, yeah, um, I'm so glad that you got to got to talk because that was, that was a pretty cool explanation because I don't know very much about neuroscience. So I, I got to hear some I, I've learned about the different parts of the brain now, so yay autism! Is yay happening. autism! Yay flapping! Happy flapping is happening here, happening here. 
yeah, words are hard. Um, so yeah, if you liked hearing Grace talk about neuropsychology, you'll love her video series. And I'll like put the link in like the description on like a real podcast. This is so I know, that's so amazing. <laughs> um, show notes and everything. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope that we get to talk to Grace again, because I think she'd be, I definitely want to have her back on, on the show, because I think we could have some some pretty cool cool discussions about autism and yeah, just advocacy work in general. Thank you so much, Nira. Of course. All right. Bye.